Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Included series. My name is Dana Wilson, and I'm the CEO and founder of CHIP, which stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. CHIP is a digital platform connecting individuals like you to Black and Latinx financial professionals. This series was started to give people of color a chance to tell our own stories and thoughts around wealth. We hope to demystify stereotypes that still plague many of our communities, regardless of economic status. So sit back, relax, and let's talk money. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Included series. I'm excited to be here, as always, excited uh, just to start another week. Um, I know it's been a heavy, heavy week for a lot of us. Um, really hoping that everyone is taking care of themselves and continuing to stay safe uh, during a, all of this time, um, and especially uh, continuing to stay safe for your families and friends. So I'm excited to bring uh, this next guest in who is a fellow Eagle of my alma mater, uh, of our alma mater, NCCU, Sabrina Seymour, who is a CEO and founder of Sabrina Seymour Events and also the Prevailing Women. So come on in, Sabrina, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, how are you? Good, good, doing well. I think when nowadays when you ask people how they're doing, I think it's kind of a loaded question. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Everything that's going on in the world, <laughs> to say the least. Exactly. <laughs> but how are you? How are you doing? What have you been up to to for self care and just to kind of take care of yourself during all this time? Woo. Um, <laughs> so me personally, um, you know, I have always been like a huge, huge, huge fitness junkie but could not do it the way that I wanted to do it because I was always so tied up with work and whatever else was going on in life. Um, so I have literally really taken my personal fitness goals and journey um, by, by its hand and, and have really, really dived into it. Um, I've had the opportunity to do different challenges, um, I just, it's just, it's a daily, it's a habit. And when I don't do it, it's literally because I really just am not in the mood. But for the most part, that has been like my biggest, biggest focus. And I didn't realize how much that if your body feels good, how much, how many other things flow naturally from there. So that's been my, my, my number one focus right now for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely um, the self-care and the fitness journey. It, it's nice to kind of find something that actually works for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What kind of challenges um, have you been doing that are working? Um, so I do work out with my trainer. Um, I've been with him for like four years, but like he always says, this is this is really my first year um, because I've always been like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'll go hard for like a month and then mm -hmm. life takes over and I'm busy and I'm like in and out, barely there, whatever the case may be. Um, so mainly definitely pushing myself to train with him. Um, I, I recently, um, he gave me actually an exercise bike, um, you know, a oh, stationary yes. one from the gym, because of course our gyms have been closed here in North Carolina, which they reopen on Friday. Um, so I've been, you know, using like the Peloton app. So I've like personally challenged myself to do spin at least three days out the week. 
And then with my company, The Prevailing Woman, we have a fitness bingo challenge that we've done twice thus far since the pandemic. And we have another one coming up. And that's usually fun. That's about 15 days worth of just 15 different exercises that women can partake in. That's awesome. Especially a community here. Yep. Yeah, because it's important to make sure you get everyone involved, right? Right, right. And it's good. And we also, um, so the ladies, it's like an entry fee that's about 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. So the ladies, um, you know, we've been doing pandemic grocery giveaways. Um, So this is typically to families and seniors, um, especially our at-risk seniors, who's probably most of them because they shouldn't really be out in the community doing things and around a whole lot of people. So it gives them an opportunity for us to bring groceries to them. Um, so all of the proceeds from our fitness bingo challenge go directly towards our pandemic outreach. Um, and we just did our fourth outreach um, this week, yesterday. To wow, be exactly. um, like my legs are on fire from yesterday because we literally were lifting like 30, 40 pounds worth of like groceries are heavy. (laughs) I knew they were heavy because I'm shopping for, you know, five people in my house, but it's another level of heavy when it's like all these canned goods and gallons and gallons of water. I mean, and it's hot. Um, So yeah, not to go on a tangent about that because I can go all day. (laughs) I look at food so much differently. It will never downplay anyone that works in the food industry that has to transport food because it is so heavy. So, so heavy. Listen, I mean, I feel like there's so many uh, just takeaways from this whole experience that we're in with COVID. It's like really understanding and appreciating all of the levels of the things that people do in the jobs that we just typically, you know, glance over. Oh, here's someone Mm -hmm. who's picking up our trash or here's a person who works in the grocery store. And it's like we Mm -hmm. pay them attention, but we really don't. Right. And it's like now that we've had to kind of do all literally for ourselves and Mm -hmm. appreciation (laughs) that we are having for um, everyone in our community. And I think what you're doing um, personally and then through your business is amazing. You know, as we start this conversation around wealth and the impact on our communities, I Mm -hmm. mean, that's definitely a great way to give back. And I actually kind of want to just start there and talk about that. You know, what do you see that's going on? Um, within Durham, within the communities, and how what you're doing within your business is really having a give back to those families. Right. Um, so I, I, I like, I have to, uh, you know, bring this up as well. Um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now for nine years, but my entrepreneurial journey. Listen, I feel like we need to stop there and just have a, a, a quick congratulations because this. This journey is something else and, and to do it for nine years is amazing. Nine. And I think sometimes we don't take the pause to really appreciate that. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, congratulations, but, but keep on thank going. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying that we I've been doing it for nine years, but my journey did not start with um, my second business. My first, um, you know, business venture was wedding and event planning. Well, not was, is. I'm still in it. It feels a thing of the past um, because of what's going on. Um, But essentially, um, it's Sabrina Seymour events. So prior to that, I had a huge passion for being in, well, not even a passion, my career was in social work. 
Um, so I worked a lot with, um, you know, families and seniors and women and children who were at risk um, and had different issues and, you know, whatever the case may be. So um, ventured into event planning and, you know, been doing that now for nine years and, and, and five of those were full time. Um, for the past three years, I then started The Prevailing Woman, which is the media outlet um, that kind of just promotes, you know, the good things that women are doing across the globe, but use this platform also as an opportunity to touch back into my social work days, um, which brings me to your question, because a lot of people are like, how did you, how do you have these contacts? How, what, what made you get into that? Why are you, you know, so involved in the community and things of that nature? It's because that is what I literally went to school for for, you know, about eight years um, between, you know, undergrad and graduate in different certificates and things like that. So um, with the biggest thing, like I had already mentioned, is that we've been doing the grocery giveaway, um, you know, kind of going back into the community. We've done a speaker series, um, which you know about. You helped me get some wonderful ladies to be a part of that. Um, it kind of helped them prevail through, um, you know, the pandemic with different topics. Um, and then, I, like I said, the fitness, the fitness bingo. A lot of times people think of physical fitness as gritty and hard and inconvenient. And it is all of those things. But I do think that in these times, taking care of our body is probably the utmost important thing to do right now um, in order to have some happiness um and some people are happy just doing nothing and gaining weight and that is absolutely that's true fine. it's like whatever whatever works <laughs> whatever works for you and whatever makes you happy that is totally fine but i do think that some level of activity because a lot of us are just staying at home even if it's just 30 minutes a day um is so 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 important just even for our mental health you know um so those are kind of pretty much the main three things I can say that we've really been doing pretty consistently and, and heavily um, in the community um, and also on a personal aspect as well. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I mean, I, I know that just from what's going on, even up my way and when you're in um, different communities, just the impact that you have just being there for certain people and bringing them into the fold. And it's like when you're running your business, you know, when you're when you're leading with that impact and you're, you're important or your kind of spaces just to kind of think with that vision of how can I help others, right? It's like right. you're always in that space of the community right. will kind of come to you and rally around that. And then you're able to get more opportunities just by mm -hmm. being in those moments and helping out those individuals. And also people who are also trying to build their platforms and their businesses, it definitely kind of helps continue to fuel the funnel as we're talking about, you know, wealth and finances and how we're giving back uh, to our communities in that way. So what, what do you feel like is your, um, what was your starting point for how you fell in love with money? And what were your first memories in your relationship as it relates to that? So I would say, so I've been working since I was 16. I think or maybe it was 15, whenever we can get a worker's permit in North Carolina. <laughs> right, whenever think, the worker's papers come Yeah, I think, it, I think it was 15, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I had a job. My first job was at Backyard Burgers. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I've probably been working since I was like 12 when I used to babysit. 
I used to babysit my um, my mom's co-worker's daughter. I'll never forget that little girl. And I was like, I want to find her because she was so sassy, even at that age. <laughs> but um, I learned then that I love money, but I would not do anything for money because I realized that I did not need to be in childcare from doing that. Um, so um, very so early on, what we don't want to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I learned very early on that all money is not good money. I will say that much. Um, so I was babysitting her. So I think that was a, you know, somewhere in between the 12 and 13. So I did that for, I just kind of had to keep doing it because it was one of those things that like, she couldn't really go to work if I didn't watch her, her, um, daughter. It was crazy. She had like a very unfortunate situation. Um, but she paid well and then she used to give me McDonald's, you know, that was a thing back in the day. Um, still kind of is every now and then for me personally, but we won't get into that. <laughs> just, just a prize, just a prize. Gotcha. Um, so no judging. That's a different episode. <laughs> look, look. I mean, those fries—they're the best. But anyway, um, so we, uh, so that was probably my first encounter, and that's when I started to learn a little bit more about it. That it just was not the end all to end all. But then my first actual job where I like drove myself to and had was responsible for was at Backyard Burger. So it was fast food, um, which I think is probably the best first job for most. It's the most humbling uh, first job for most, you know, young preteens, teenagers or whatnot. Um, but I will really say that even then I didn't really have a true understanding of money because I was like working to be able to go to, you know, um, what is the name of the store? I can't even think of uh, the name of it, but it was a store and I used to buy Rainbow, just to go to Rainbow oh, yes. to buy oh all God. of the cutest tops and jeans. Like I, I hadn't forgot about Rainbow. Yeah, like, and then it was, it was gas, but you know, gas was 79 cent then or whatever. So, um, yes, you know, it just <laughs> <laughs> it just was not necessarily a huge learning curve at that point because I was spending it was literally for me to do be able to do the leisure things I wanted, like go skating and, and things of that nature. Um, but I think once I really, really started understanding the power and how money really worked was once I got to college. Because I did not work my freshman year because, you know, that was just kind of what my parents wanted me to do. And I was like, I can't do anything. I can't go nowhere. I can't go to pre dons I can't do nothing. You know, so I realized at that point that I needed to, to kind of work. And I think from there, that's where the understanding, the love of it um, and really how to spend it came to my mind. Awesome. Yeah. And I would say between working in fast food and also working at the mall <laughs> because I worked at Express. I was uh, at Victoria's Secret. Yeah. And I tell you those that mall life and, and humbling and the fact that I now fold stuff when I take things down because I understand mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have an appreciation for when people do not put things back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to all of the service individuals and all of us who survived those right. summers and those periods of our lives. Right, right, right. How have you been able to really transfer the lessons that you learned in that time and as a kid growing up as it relates to money? Um, and then taking that into your business, um, owning two businesses, owning one business is a lot. Um, but how have you been able to kind of transfer that knowledge and those skills to your businesses and, and the things that you work on now? Yeah, so um, I would say that, um, like I said, working in the retail, the fast food, all those things, you get a level of appreciation of how things work. Um, and really, really understanding kind of dealing with the public and dealing with all types of people. Who, yes, um, Lord. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, you encounter, I encountered any and everything working in both of those industries. So I think that from that and then also being a military brat, so a child who basically moved every two and a half, three years of their life until high school for the most part. Um, you know, just kind of having all those different factors, I think, has allowed me to be able to be in one of the most stressful industries as it relates to executing an event, which is weddings. <laughs> um, it's a very emotional day. It's a little bit of everybody. You got two families becoming one who sometimes don't see eye to eye and sometimes don't understand each other or sometimes are from one neck of the woods and the other one's from the ne other neck of the woods. So you're trying to make it mesh and make it all work that day. And those are the kind of things that I feel like you do, especially when you're working in your retail and fast food jobs, because it's not, they're not really vetted out. It's just, are you available from five to close? And if you are, thank you. You know, it's, it's, no, it's not many qualifications, you know, you have people who have college degrees that just need extra money. You have people who do it full time. You know, it's just a whole it's a whole spectrum of different people that work in those fields. And I think that that's why I said I think it's the most humbling um, opportunity for for preteens and even, you know, young adults to be able to experience because it allows them to kind of be able to deal with different environments and people that don't look like them and don't necessarily even have the same common interests. Because if you're a social worker, you all went to college for four years, you might, you probably have your master's or you're working on your master's um, and you all are trying to, you know, uh, uh, combat, you know, mental health. But in fast food, everybody is not trying to just feed people. They just trying to make extra money or make their money. You know, so it's just everyone views it differently. So um, that would is kind of I answer the question. Right. I hope I did. Yeah, I think you did. And I think okay. you actually really brought up a good point, too. OK. Um, you know, when you're talking about the different levels and the different types of people that work in these jobs, right? Because we all go in with the assumption that these jobs are for people who are in college or younger. Um, but then there are people who are working these positions where this is their full time. This is their main line of work. Uh -huh. and they're, they're trying to feed their families. Right. And it's about right. how they're, you know, not necessarily 
making the large sums of money that they might be making if they were in, I guess, traditional corporate jobs or maybe running their own businesses. But it's about, you know, what am I doing with the dollars that I've made? Right. You know, even though I might not be making as much as, you know, these other individuals, but I'm doing this, you know, for a particular reason and not so much around um, it just being like a summer job or a job where I just need extra cash just for this moment of time. It's like, you know, someone who actually needs these this funds to pay their bills or to save for their families. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's about just, you know, really understanding what to do with your money. So if you were for sure. Uh, <laughs> for sure. It's like everyone can earn it, even if you're making a high salary, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean you know what to to do with to all do of with that. it. Yeah, yeah. And I can say, you know, even prior to you know being where I'm at now, I still don't know sometimes what to do with what I get and how to do it and how to make sure that it stretches for years and months and days, so that when a pandemic comes, I'm not losing my mind about how I'm going to live next month when you should really have a year or two years. What is the rule of thumbs? How much should you have saved of your life savings? Yeah, it's like normal. It went from like three to six months to six to nine to now more of like a year. And I feel like under these pandemic cons, you know, constraints, uh, we almost have to even forecast more than that, right? It's like who yeah. knew in our lifetime we would experience anything that looked like almost the plague, right? I mean, exactly. that's nothing, we couldn't even have dreamed or imagined that we would be in this place. And now we're having to forecast, you know, two to three, maybe five years out while trying to just live <laughs> amongst the, the mess that's going exactly. on. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a lot of conversations when you were growing up about money and how to kind of think through that? Or is it more just I, kind of self-talk? I, I honestly cannot say that I've ever had a conversation until I was an adult about money. Um, it, it wasn't something that was talked about, but I just always kind of had this workers bug mm -hmm. um, just always kind of wanted to work wanted to kind of do my own thing wanted to be able to buy my own things um you know as as i could um but it was never even like said that i had to get a job it was never said you know you know it was of course you know they walked me through the process of like opening bank accounts and things of that nature but like savings and all that those were literally things that just as life went on i learned Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a lot of us too, right? It's like, we're always in a state, especially in our community where we're kind of figuring it out as we go. And uh -huh. it's like now we're in a position where we're more knowledgeable in our years around money, around wealth. It's becoming more of a normalized topic, talking about the stock market. It's like you go on the internet. I mean, it will, now I sound really old saying the internet, but you go on like social media uh, Instagram and you're seeing internet. Okay, good. So I don't feel so bad. Cause okay. you know, <laughs> I still, you know, went through that whole process and remember AOL and, and dial up and yellow. Paint yeah. And yeah. <laughs> 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 but not everybody does when I'm in yeah. certain. Right. Which exactly. Is even exactly. more hilarious. <laughs> uh, but, 
But yeah, it's like when you're looking at uh, Instagram and all these platforms and people are asking, you know, hey, did you get this stock? Did you see the stock split? Um, and now it's becoming more of a normalized conversation that people are talking about this on social platforms, which obviously traditionally that's not what they were built for talking about money. But it's nice to see in our community specifically that we're starting to change the narrative there. And we're doing this as adults. We're doing this with our partners, spouses, and now our children. Um, and I know you have two handsome, handsome guys who <laughs> are growing fast. Is this a conversation that you all are starting to have with them or kind of walking them through what money means and can mean oh, for yeah. them? Yeah. Um, my oldest, um, which is crazy, um, <laughs> he, took, he took a picture of me today. And um, what he always thinks anytime he does something, it equates to $20, not not a mm. dollar. These kids Sorry, are asking for $20. They are on inflation like crazy. <laughs> They're asking for 20. So he's like, I went to 20 because I already have X, Y, and Z dollars here. Then I have X, Y, and Z dollars in my savings. And then I'll, I'll just be X, Y, and Z dollars away from being able to buy some game or something or whatever that comes out. So they are definitely hit. They know that they have bank accounts. Um, they, uh, my, my oldest knows how to log in and be able to look at his to see the what's going on with it. Um, I have not told him that there's a debit card to it because no. <laughs> no, 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 no. All what it needs to know basis and at some point, right? <laughs> he, he can log in and he can view and he can do whatever he wants to do on it. And if he tries to transfer something out, it's just going to go to my account anyway. So I'm just like, you can log in there if you want to, but it's not anything that he can truly do because he has no cards or anything like that. Um, it's a fat cat uh, account with the, the state employees credit union here in North Carolina. So um, he has access to all of that. He can do you know anything that he wants to. And then he, he also has an account that he doesn't know about. Um, it's just because... He has one already with um, Mechanic and Farmers, um, the Black Bank here in, in Durham, North Carolina as well. So um, there, there are conversations that we're definitely having with them. Um, we're talking, they, they, they hide their money in their little uh, stock drawer and, and count it all the time. And it's, it's crazy. I wasn't doing that at, at their age. <laughs> I will say that. But, and he's also asking me, can he get a cash app? I mean, it's insane. Um, but, you know, the world is at their fingertips these days. So they are a little bit more mature than what we were. I was way more innocent at six and nine. Mm -hmm. um, if these children know and they know how much stuff. I mean, my six year old can literally go on Google, Google, whatever it is he wants. Tell me how much it is. But see, this is what we tell them. If you want something that's six ninety nine and you have forty dollars, you know, stashed in your room, what will you have left over? That's the only way we get them things. They have they have to do the math um, mm -hmm. to tell us. Um, so those are little ways that we're just trying to kind of like challenge them to kind of understand money. And then you know we tell them like, okay, if you spend this and it's six ninety nine, and you just kind of round it up to seven, um, you know you'll have thirteen dollars left over. You don't get, you won't have an opportunity to make any more money until this date. Are you going to be able to survive between now and then with $13, even though their $13 literally is for candy and whatever else? 
um, they find on the internet that they want. So those are the things that we always make them think about. Like don't make impulse, you know, buys. It's it's crazy because like I'll be telling this stuff and my husband will be sitting there like, so are you gonna take your own advice? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, well, look, it, it, it takes one to know one. So I think me at least being able to tell them that that doesn't that's not how life works and telling them now it'll be an easier habit for them to break, you know. Um, so those are those are really kind of the, the fun ways we're going about. I think we'll start having more serious conversations as they get older but everything right now that they're asking for is so minimal you know right, right. now my oldest will ask for 50 50 70 dollar games he knows those are <laughs> birthday gifts and holidays mm -hmm. and stuff like that so but that, that's the furthest we've taken it thus, thus far but we do have savings and accounts and stuff like that for them in place which i don't have did not have and neither one of us had um you know as children yeah, it's so crazy to think about like all the stuff that they have access to, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, Cash App, Venmo, and even just knowing what those things are. And then also being able to articulate them to the point where it's just like, I know that I can have this money here, right, in this digital space. Um, and it's great even just kind of planting the seeds in the way you all are planting the seed where it's like, hey, you know, you know this, you have this amount of money. And if you buy this, you know, this is what you're going to have left. Mm -hmm. right? Kind of like that, you know, thinking through strategically about, hey, if you buy this, you're only going to have maybe $30 or $10 left. Like, right. what does it really make sense for you to buy this item? Buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wait, right? And, and it's like, it's all that strategic thinking that it's like, we don't think is really a big deal in the moment, but it's like when you, when they get older and then you really see when they're making their own money and they're making those purchases, they, you know, they take a second to think about it. Right. It's like, well, my mom told me to this and it's just like, well, all of those things from a youth always come back into our adult life at some point when we're thinking about exactly. how we manage stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to, kind of trying to instill in them now. It's like, try to make better decisions early now, mm -hmm. even if it's just two or $3, you know, really like they'll get, um, you know, a cousin or uncle or somebody, every time they see them, um, give them two, three dollars and they like, can we go to the gas station? I'm like, you didn't even have it for 24 hours. <laughs> you know, like learn how to at least keep it for 24 hours at minimum, and then let's revisit this because you weren't thinking about the store because you didn't have no money. Exactly. Now, you have it, now all of a sudden you want to go in there and get any and everything under the sun, and that's just not how you're you you need to operate and think. So we're 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 trying, um, but like I said, it's it's a little difficult because the world is at their fingertips. So they literally want everything that they see um and they see a lot all day every day i know i can only imagine if we had something like amazon um or google where amazon we could shop at the door delivered to the door no we had to go to the store for everything i don't even think online shopping was a thing it wasn't i mean there were okay. still like i still remember all the catalogs that used to come to the house or i would go to my aunt's uncles and, and grandmother's house and it was these like these catalog books of order yep. and stuff 
right? That old school style of having to yep. call or wait <laughs> and mail in something. And you're probably waiting for probably almost a month or so to get whatever it is you ordered. And by that time you forgot. So it's like the catalog or the store. <laughs> and then somehow mm -hmm. I forgot between, about the catalogs. I used to be like, that used to be Christmas. Cause I would go through the oh catalog and circle everything that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was like, you the know, now they're through. just like, I want that click, click, click. Right. I mean, we're, guilty, we're guilty of it too, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just a society thing now, but, we're at least just trying to teach them to not be so impulsive. And I know mm -hmm. who they get that from. And unfortunately, it's me. Very <laughs> impulsive. Um, so I have even myself, I mean, I even uh, have been forced to not be as Im impulsive as I used to be, you know, years ago, because I just can't yeah. anymore. But um, I do know where they, I know, I know where it comes from. So I'm like, yeah, if we work on this now, then they might mm -hmm. be okay by the time they're adults. <laughs> okay. It's like, we all definitely know our triggers for things. Um, yeah. And sometimes setting off the computer or putting it down or only looking at certain stuff mm -hmm. at a certain time, uh, especially when we're in this age where we get ads sent to us all the time. And that impulsiveness is so easy to just click on something and you end up down a rabbit hole which you know I've done several times, and then have to back away when you put things in the cart. And just like, why are you even on this site? This makes no you're not sense. even going. Like, <laughs> I, I was looking at swimsuits today, and I'm like, Sabrina, you have a drawer full of swimsuits that <laughs> you've had over the years. That you know, now that you know, I'm a little a little lighter these days. So there's some swimsuits that I can revisit that I never get got to wear because you know they got too small. So I'm just like, why? But they were just so cute. And it literally, like you said, it was an ad on Instagram. It came through. I like swiped up to look at it. And before you know it, I was on the page for 30 minutes looking at stuff, had all this stuff in my cart. And I was just like, get off of here. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, like pausing in the middle, having that quick check in and just yep. closing mm -hmm. the, you know, closing the computer and just walking away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yep. there's nothing in there. That was literally me. I like deleted it. I made sure it wasn't in my browser because I was like, I, I mean, I know it's mm -hmm. gonna show up again because social media has a way of, of exactly. being in our brain and then it pops up on the page. Um but I know it's going to pop up again, but I didn't want to remember the name of the boutique. So I would be tempted to go back and look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the best way to do it. So you did yeah. um, say something, and I think I saw this online too, um, where you did move some of your friends and you opened up an account with Mechanics and Farmers, which is one of the um, largest and oldest, I believe, Black-owned mm -hmm. um, banks in the country. And I think as we go through this time where, you know, we're living through this Black Lives Matters movement, we're living through all of everything that's going on within our communities and how we're looking at really transferring the wealth, you know, for our families, um, for really just building up um, a better space. And we're working on closing this racial wealth gap that exists that exists. What did it really mean for you to to open that and then also just to kind of have that transfer of wealth really back into your community and into um, and sharing that with with the world, essentially? Yeah. So um, it's been on my to do list. So I've had this to do list probably for the last two and a half, yeah. three years <laughs> of just things like big goals. Mm -hmm. And I know 
opening a bank account sounds minor, but these are like goals. I'm like, I know I'm not going to do it right away. So I'm going to put this on this particular goal sheet. And that was one of them. And it's literally been on there for about two and a half years. Um, but I just never took the time because I had the time, um, but I never took the time to really, really go in and open the account. Um, when, like you said, this whole Black Lives Matter movement, it's been a movement for, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how long, but really, really to the point where, um, you know, and this kind of, to kind of segue off a little bit, um, a lot of people, you know, have, I get questioned all the time because I can't do weddings and events, and that's the, my full-time job. They're like, how are you handling the pandemic? And I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I don't think y'all understand, but this has been the breather that I needed. Mm -hmm. We're fine. Um, and we've been we've been fine. I don't know how. I don't know what. I'm just going to thank God. Um, but we're fine. Like, we've been fine. We're not lacking anything. I've had much more of just a social life, just different things of that nature that I didn't have before. And I've been able to mark off some of those big goals. Um, and so that was one of them was really, really going in and, and putting my money where my mouth is, essentially. Um, that was kind of the, the thought process of it. If I'm like, if I'm out here, like, respect us and put some respect on our name and all these things. But then every time I turn around, I'm handing out my my dollars to, um, you know, these different financial institutions and brands and, you know, uh, beauty suppliers and the list goes on and on that don't truly even respect us. Mm -hmm. um, what level of contradiction is that and how much further can we really move? Um, and I, I do know uh, several people that work um, in that particular franchise itself um, and they're, they're struggling, you know? Um, I haven't heard, I don't know of anyone that's lost jobs and things of that nature, but I've heard that it's happened in, in other areas. Um, and, and essentially, us literally just having our money in their accounts helps keep jobs within, um, you know, mechanic and farmers, um, you know, banking, which, which essentially brings more money and jobs for our community as well. So that's just the way that I looked at it. If I'm going to pay banking fees, if I'm going to have an account, why not do it for us, um, you know, and reach back and make sure that we're we're good and we're, and we're, we're fine. Um, so again, like I said, that was just always kind of just something that I always wanted to do, but never made the time for it. And finally had had the time and really not even the time, but the, the headspace to be able to mm -hmm. do it and be intentional about it. Because, you know, I had to like close one account and, and move it from another. And it was a lot, you know, because I had been with this bank for 10 years um, and so forth and so forth. So um in the summary, I wanted to put my money where my mouth. No, I feel you. And I think, you know, that's the important part, right? And it's like when you really break it down and think about it in the way that uh, you really just kind of told that story about the fact that, yeah, we need to put our money where our mouths are and where we're talking about all the things that we want to change. And a lot of the change definitely starts with what we do intentionally. Um, so it's great to really hear that. But then when you talk about how, well, if this bank closes, because we aren't putting our money with this institution, those are job losses, right? And those are job losses that directly 
impact people that look like you and I and directly impact our community when they're not there anymore, right? So when they're not going to show up and help out the people who might not be able to get a loan or may not, you know, someone might not take the chance to open an account with, account with them, but, you know, this bank will, you know, that sends, you know, signs that we've seen for years um, within the financial industry itself, but then particularly mm -hmm. things that happen within our communities, right? Right, right, absolutely. And it, you know, um, MNF Bank has, history you know mm -hmm. they are like one of the largest if not the largest i think the second largest or no sorry the second oldest or yeah. maybe the first i can't remember um but they essentially have a lot of history um in our black history um and i would hate to see them close or fold when i literally could have did something about it by simply using them i mean it does cost, you know, to have, and, and I, and it's my business. I, I do my business um, banking with them. Um, you know, I, I would love to do my personal one there, but you know, I just simply can't afford it because their fees are really, really, really high. But it makes sense for my business um, to, to have a, a business um, account there. So you do have to do what's best for you. And then you know, we have other established things with you know our personal accounts that we just couldn't get out of that, you know, anytime soon. But my business account was absolutely a no brainer because of the different mm -hmm. incentives that they offer to small businesses, specifically black owned businesses there. Um, so it would, it would, it would hurt me to see them something happen to their financial institution when I literally had to just take, you know, three long, slightly stressful days. I'm not going to lie. Um, to get everything switched over. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, and well said, right? It's like, what can we do to mm -hmm. help? Like, what is our give back through this time? It's like, right. how are we going to look in the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years when this is, <laughs> when this year is literally an intensive case study, uh, Lord knows, <laughs> for our kids and our kids' kids who are, you know, might ask us the question of like, hey, this was going on and what did you do? How did you right. help? Like, what was your impact? Mm -hmm. and to your point, just like you, I definitely want to be able to turn around and give a good answer and give an answer that I believe in, right? And I think exactly. what you just said is really important. You know, we have to be able to do the things that we can control. And if we can control helping out our bank or, you know, if we can control volunteering, like those are the things that we can do to just give back to our communities, right? And and just continue to help and make sure that our voices are heard and our stories are told by us. Exactly, exactly. And that was the biggest thing that, you know, like, like I, and I, when I was talking to my husband about it, I was just kind of like, I can't necessarily be on the front lines. I can't be at every protest. I can't, you know, that's just, you know, we, mm -hmm. I have, I, I just, I can't, you know? Um, so it, there's different ways that you can contribute to moving our story and, and our, um, you know, businesses and opportunities and whatever forward by doing things behind the scenes um, and letting people know what it is. Like, um, you had asked, you know, it was something that I shared. I was like, yeah, and you don't understand how many people from that small post 
um, have switched over their accounts over there. Like they had called me and were like, you have referred so many people over here over the last <laughs> two, three days. And they were like, what did you do? And I told them, I was like, you know, I just posted it on social media. Like it was simple. And so, so, so many people um, follow suit behind it. And a lot of people just don't think about it. They just, mm-hmm. they, they see it and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's nice or whatever. But all you see is your, you know, and I don't have any problem with these institutions because several of them, you know, at one point were, you know, carriers of my mortgage. Um, but, you know, your Bank of America's and your Wells Fargo and the list goes on and on. Um, that's all you see. You see in the media and you see, you know, with their big advertising dollars and stuff. Well, we could be that way, too, if we bank with them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I almost want to end on that note, but I have uh, like one or two more questions for you. <laughs> but I think that was a perfect, perfect thing to say because that really is the end of story, right? It's like we are conditioned mm-hmm. to go with what we see, what we know, what we see on TV from the advertising who has the bigger dollars to be able to get into those mm-hmm. spaces where we are, whether it's athletic arenas or, you know, it's just walking down the street, but we could easily be there as well if right. our dollars match that. And we know we have the spending power, <laughs> so we have the ability to do it. We have all of the spending power. Like they literally, typically when they put together marketing plans, it's for us. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I've heard, you know, just from, doing like the conference and stuff like that and sending in on different panels from people who work in the market industries and even like corporate America. They're like a lot of times when they're in there talking about people who are going to be spending money and doing things, they're targeting us. And the crazy thing is that they're targeting us with people that still don't even look like us. And we still spend our money there, um, which is the craziest thing ever. They're like, we want we know that you know the the um, African American community is going to spend that money. However, the people that we put on the campaign don't look like them, but it's they're not saying it. But we know they're going to spend their money with us anyway, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's the crazy thing. But these are the things that like I personally never thought about. I just was going through life, and it wasn't until I started going to different sessions and sitting on sitting in on different things like this that I learned of how much they rely on our dollars. Um, mm-hmm. Our dollars literally build their billionaire, trillionaire lives. And we don't even realize it. Well, yeah. I don't even say we don't realize it. We just don't take the time to learn about it. And it's just something that I personally have taken on over the last year to really educate myself on our spending power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like we see it, but we don't reap the benefits of it. And that's, you know, the entire uh, problem there. Right. It's like the marketing is so strong and we know regardless of what type of fight and, and how upset we get, we still end up um, spending some mm-hmm. sort of time money um, there. So we had this uh, conversation um, last week around HBCUs and wealth. And I know, you know, obviously we both went to the best HBCU uh, in the world, you know, Eagle Pride and all that, <laughs> you know, not everyone who was on my, my uh, <laughs> last week, they're all going to text me and DM me and <laughs> say uh, but it's all good. Uh, all love and all family. 
Um, so I know you're really active at NCCU. Um, mm -hmm. What do you feel like your biggest contribution or your give back there when we're talking about the wealth that we can re redistribute and almost kind of the, the change that's happening as more and more, um, you know, sports individuals or people just who have those larger platforms start going to HBCUs and, and what you feel like is that impact there and how it's impacting. Um, let's just talk about Durham really. Yeah. So like, so are you asking like how our dollars have impacted things? Yeah. What like have you, yeah. Like what have you seen um, as far as central is concerned and in, in your impact there and how our dollars or just us really showing up with our time yeah. um, is really having an impact on, on central. So it's crazy. I rolled by central yesterday for the first time since, I don't know, maybe sometime last year. It was definitely after homecoming, but it was the first time. And you know, we have a new student union. And when I, I heard say nice photos, like, <laughs> and I'm so jealous. Yeah, like my heart dropped, not out of, kind of almost out of disbelief. Like this is yeah. really about to be your student union, like our student union, you don't want to When I tell you the student union literally takes up the entire parking lot that was next to the student union, um, all the way down past like where the bowling alley, I don't think they know anything about it. Like wow. almost down to Miller Morgan. Like it takes up that entire parking lot. It is gorgeous. It looks so, so, so good. But my heart dropped from a standpoint of um, jealousy. And then it stopped as well because I was just so excited to see our school grow and expand. Um, I'm in different like groups and see like different posts and people are like, oh, they're, they're changing our history and da, 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 da. And I'm like, are we supposed to be in um, 1810 forever? Like you move up, you upgrade your appliances, you upgrade your house and your car and your life. Why can't our our institution do the same? Like they have to stay up with the times, you know. Um, and I think it, we've been long overdue, long overdue for some, you know, cosmetic surgery around there. So I like the new changes. There are a few things that still kind of, you know, are a little different. But I don't go there. I don't work there. So you know, my my couple times that I'm on campus for special events and homecoming, I can I'll deal with. It. It is, you know, it is what it is. It's for this generation. And this is what they need. They like nice things. They like being in nice places. And that just was not central, um, you know, over the time. But it was okay with us because, like like I said earlier, we didn't have the, the internet, you know, at our fingertips. So I wasn't as exposed to the fancy, like super fancy things that were available in life, those things came to me after college and during college, um, you know, when the internet became accessible all the time, not when you only had like data on your phone <laughs> in order to be able to even use the internet type thing. So, you know, I um, I personally um, in, in, in very, very, um, active and make sure that I give back to university as much as I can. And again, a lot of times it's through panel opportunities, speaking opportunities, um, just straight donations, um, you know, working, doing things or homecoming like coordination. I've done, I did that over uh, several years. 
Um, and, you know, and the list goes on and on. Um, and I think a lot of times in order for us to ever get ahead is if we actually reach back and pull those people with us as we get ahead. Um, so, yeah, I have, to, I have to repeat that one. I don't think they heard you. <laughs> <laughs> what I said is I think a lot of times if we want to see us as a collective get ahead, we need to reach back and pull people ahead with us because essentially we have moved ahead. We've graduated. We've moved ahead, you know, in that aspect and probably are typically in our careers. <laughs> so just reaching back and giving back um, is truly my life model for the most part. I, I love giving back to the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's so important, right? When we're thinking about our community, the, the community that surrounds the HBCU too, is just so um, amazing how we really just kind of just are there for each other. We're like one big um, family in that support system. I can imagine any other way. I'm not yeah. doubting like whatever you got to do was best for you and your career goals and what it is that you want and things like that. But the HBCU experience is like no other. And even, mm -hmm. I mean, the central experience is definitely like no other, but the HBCU experience is literally like no other. And I can honestly say that I personally have been able to get ahead because at least 50% of my business comes from central alum. Mm -hmm. um, and it's from all, all ages. Like the last um, pandemic outreach that I did, um, you know, it was a soror. Um, but she still went, she went, you know, she went to Central um, in like the, the 70s, the 70s. Wow. And she was turning 70 for her birthday and did, um, she collected items for my outreach. I got, you know, connected from her through the chapter and stuff like that. Um, but she collected items for my outreach and people, once people heard, I went to Central and, you know, and so forth, you know, other accolades and things of that nature, they were excited. Like, oh, we'll support that for sure. Like our, just our community and the way that we just hold each other down is insane. It's like having a, a third or fourth family, you know, um, that you can lean on whenever it's, 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 it's in need. And especially um, if you are an entrepreneur, because like mm -hmm. I said, at least 60% of my business comes from it, I, I, I probably need to say 75 because it's a lot higher than that. Um, come from people who went to Central, and then I would say another about five, six percent of that is just people who went to HBCUs because they just saw I went to an HBCU, and the rest are Delta. None of my old clients are watching, but several of them usually are, you know. So that's kind of how just that cycle works, just how how powerful our community is. That if but if we have to do that consistently amongst all brands and all service mm -hmm. providers, um, and I just could see us just advancing to an, an outrageous level if we did that. Absolutely. Yeah, literally the cycle of wealth and, and how we're able to do that and being intentional to your point about the people wanting to just support just because. Right. And if we're able to do that on a larger level, uh, we are beyond unstoppable, which we already know, but it's like just to continuously say it and to make sure that we all understand it um, yeah. and know that. 
So I do, before um, we head out, I wanna get to one of my favorite par parts, which is just kind of a quick rapid fire, a uh, couple questions. So it's okay. always uh, interesting to hear what everyone's response. So let's start with, this is always fun. What is the one item you regret spending money on? Ah, you like one, like a, <laughs> like a, okay, wait a minute. So like a huge <laughs> investment or like one little just itty bitty thing? Uh, it could be anything, but we'll go with, um, hmm. Let's go no, with it's supposed to be rapid fire and I'm not supposed okay. to think about it, right? You're right. That's very true. I'm <laughs> cheating. So if I, yeah, yeah. If, if I had to think like in this very moment right now, I would probably say sunglasses. I am a sunglass fiend and I lose them very often. Um, and I don't just like, you know, $10 sunglasses. They're pretty expensive. So um, yeah, I'm gonna say sunglasses. <laughs> the weirdest thing ever, but I love sunnies. I love shades, love them, love them. I hear you, no worries. <laughs> All right, where would you spend your last $1,000? Um, probably the grocery store. It's the last, like that's all I have to my. <laughs> like that's all I have left. I would say the grocery store, um, because it's a lot you can get in the grocery store. Like you know, I'm not going to you know I'm in North Carolina, so there's food line. I'm not. I wouldn't go to food line. I would go to like <laughs> or something, you know, because they have clothes in there or a Sam's Club. It's very, it's, there's a trick. It is not just food, you know, but I will go to the grocery store because I feel like there's an array of different things you get. You can have all your essentials. And I don't care if you are down to your last penny, you will spend if you're hungry. <laughs> I mean, hunger, hunger is the number one just worst feeling. I feel like just being hungry, your attitude changes, your mood, you can't think, you just can't do nothing until you eat. So I personally would say the grocery store and then I would try to sneak in, you know, like my other <laughs> personal things and some clothes, you know, like, you know, whatever else I can fit in there. <laughs> I got to say, I think that's one of the most well thought out and strategic um, responses. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. If you could tell communities of color one thing, what would it be? I just um yesterday have uh i posted this tweet and then i shared it on my instagram page and it has literally been crazy like the most engagement i've ever had on my page from this this post and i would honestly say that um the day that black women realize that us coming together and working together um is the way to go um, and that Black women should be leading as much as possible, um, our community honestly will take, take off. Um, and a lot, of, I'm not necessarily like team women and it's all about women and all that. Of course I have women's brands and, and I'm a woman, um, but I just feel like we have a, a way of doing things and thinking through things um, that are actually less emotional in my mm -hmm. opinion, than men. They say men are less emotional, but I think that we get the job done. Um, I, I, we don't I, care I, who's in the way. And I'm not saying that all men are this way, but um, if we, if you just see, 
last night versus as an example, like that was their highest numbers that they had. And I was going to bring up something from that earlier, but I didn't want to get too, too much off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was their highest numbers. And it was two it, it was black women who did mm-hmm. that, who had differences for over 10 years that came together and realized that them coming together would actually bring about a change in society. And there have been people talking about they've called people they've had issues with, um, you know, like I said, versus broke numbers. There's other places, like there's just so much that has happened from that one event last night. And it was because of two black women who came together. And there's so many women I tell that have beef or whatever. And I'm like, but if y'all work together, do you not know y'all will take over this industry or that industry or whatever the case may be? And so I just, like I said, I just feel like if, if I had to tell our community, if we could just literally band together our Black women, we would literally advance in um, a, an enormous way that I think we wouldn't even be able to handle. I agree. I, I totally agree with that. Because it's just, and it's almost the way and how, um, to some degree, we've always been pinned against each other because I think people do understand, God forbid, we get you know educated and all these other things that we can go down mm-hmm. the, the laundry list of. But knowing that we can just do better together and stronger together, no matter what differences we might have, but put aside, right. it's beyond unstoppable, right? Unstoppable. <laughs> all right, and we'll go one more. Because um, okay. I think you have a great answer for this. So my impact on the world is. Mm. My impact on the world is my influence. Um, I'm not Hollywood. No, I, I live in North Carolina. Um, I'm not verified, you know, on social media. I'm not a celebrity. I'm none of those things. But I do feel like I have a level of influence. Um, that could literally impact the world. And I feel strongly about that. And I and I say that, um, and a lot of times people are scared to say that because um, they don't want to come off cocky or whatever the case may be. And I understand that. Um, and, and I get that. But for so long, I was afraid to say it and I was not able to move forward. And since I've felt that way and have spoken that over my life, like, the opportunities that I still have not even seen um, that are on the horizon and are coming are just so crazy because I just gained that level of confidence in being able to say that I I'm I know that I have influence and I know how to bring um, a, you know curate a room with the right people at the right time and the right aesthetics um, and the right vibes and you know just know how to know how to do that. Um, and since I've, I've, I literally took that took that aspect of it um, and not just looked at it that I'm a great event planner. No, I'm an event planner of influence and know how to bring people together. Um, it's literally taken me to another level that, again, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel it. <laughs> I feel like that's all we have to do is feel it um, and believe it. And what you said just now is so important because you know, as women and especially as black women, we anytime we step up into that mode of being confident and being secure in who we are and our position and just stepping into our power. Right. It's like, you know, we see Kamala Harris, 
Kamala Harris is our, you know, possibly upcoming VP in the way every time she steps onto the, the camera, even when she was in, you know, questioning and, and going through the interrogation and how she stepped into her power and leaning into that a lot. And it's so amazing to watch. Um, even more amazing to hear you say that and how you really feel like you stepped into yours and are continuing to do that. Uh, and it's, you know, inspiring to so many people. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, it's great to know that and to have that influence. And it's also another level to be able to bring it back and give it back to so many people. So thank you for that. Thank you for coming on this series. Thank you for being uh, an inspiration to myself and, and so many others. So I was really excited to, to have you on here and have you really share, you know, your story in a way that other people can really lean into um, and hear more about coming directly from you, right? And not us always assuming and seeing things on the right. interwebs, right? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Dana. This is a great conversation. Um, like I had said when I posted about it, money makes me sweat profusely. <laughs> Um, but you have a way to make it seem fun and engaging. Um, so I appreciate that because anytime I've ever had, you know, my financial conversations with you, I never feel uncomfortable. And I think that that's a gift. That's a gift to be able to do that. Oh, it thank definitely you. Is. So, that <laughs> uh, I said, I'm going to continue to work on that and, and perfect that. I appreciate you saying no, that. No, I'm, well, I'm going to say that I think you got it down pat, honestly, because for someone who hates to talk about it, I feel really, really comfortable being like 100% open about whatever it is that I have going on. And again, like I said, I think that that's a gift. That's a gift to be able to do that because money is just not something that our community likes to discuss, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, I appreciate it. Topic. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I feel like Sabrina dropped 10 million gems. So make sure you go back, watch, rewatch, um, share with everyone you know, and we'll be back next week for a new episode of the Included series. Take care. Thanks.